You're listening to The John Moore Show on ESPN Central Texas. TCU doing a very nice job of overshadowing to Baylor's best three-point shooters. Well, baseline left to Andrews for three. It's good. Three-pointer by the senior, Sarah Andrews. Now back to today's JMO Radio Show from the Allen Samuel Studios. Here's the voice of the Bears, John Morris and Aaron Sexton. Back with us, ESPN Central Texas on a Thursday afternoon. Highlight cut uh, from our Big 12 Now on ESPN Plus telecast last night. Back-to-back telecast from the new Foster Pavilion. Baylor men win over Cornell on Tuesday. Baylor women win over TCU. A Big 12 win on Wednesday. Jim Haller and I did the game last night, and uh, Coach Jim Haller joins us now. How you doing this afternoon? I'm doing good, but I'm very interested. I heard that uh, uh, clip you just played right. where I'm saying TCU's doing a good job of overshadowing <laughs> Baylor's three-point shooters. Right after I said that, they made 13 out of 25. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, at the point you said that, it, it was absolutely correct. And then Baylor just took off from there, didn't they? Yeah, it was just phenomenal from the, I'd say, after the first four minutes of the third period, Baylor probably played as good or better than they've played all year. And, of course, that was spurred on by great three-point shooting. When you when you make 13 out of 25 against a zone like TCU plays, that's very, very impressive. And, of course, Bella Fondleroy was just on fire, hitting five of six threes. Yeah, that three-point shooting, uh, Baylor's uh, proficiency at it and TCU's lack of proficiency, that was a huge factor last night, wasn't it? Well, no doubt about it. And it was really a true case of role reversal. Yeah. TCU came in leading the conference in threes. Uh, Madison Connor is number two in the nation in threes made. She didn't hit a single one last night. Hmm. So Baylor's defensive game plan was fantastic. Tony Green, the associate head coach, is in charge of the defense. and He had a fantastic game plan. Tell you another area last night, uh, you know this, but we talked about it was the assist-to-turnover ratio by TCU was really, really good, and that was kind of uh, reversed last night. Well, I tell you, John, it's really pretty easy to figure out why that happened. They have not faced as feisty and tenacious a defensive guard as Jada Walker is for for Baylor, and she just disrupts the other team. She did it against Texas. She did it uh, last night against TCU. Jaden Owens, the transfer from Baylor, now the point guard at TCU, was leading the conference in assist-to-turnover ratio, and she had four turnovers last night in that single game alone, primarily because of Jada Walker's defense. Hmm. And uh, Yaya Felder, when she comes in, I know you really like her, don't you? She makes things happen. <laughs> well, I'm, uh, all I am is the president of her fan club. <laughs> right. so, so I, I think she is just terrific. And what a luxury to have a player like that come off bench that you can depend on game in and game out and she's certainly become a big catalyst for the success of this team pretty cool so the women a uh, couple of big tests right to st- start big 12 play began to texas their first loss and then handed uh, tcu their first loss last night well of course we've all know how significant that win over number five Texas was, but I thought last night was super significant, not because just because TCU was 
14 and 0 and nationally ranked, but I think it was equally equally important to get off to a great start in that fabulous new Foster Pavilion. I I think the players were a little tense last night to start that game because of it. But my goodness, what a great way to finish it and what a, a great, great first game in the fabulous Foster Pavilion. Yeah, exactly. I know you were there uh, Tuesday watching the men uh, open Foster and then you and I worked together last night, the women's opener. What do you think uh, after seeing the first two games in that building? Well, you know, I, I, I was driving over there Tuesday night and I told my wife, Judy, I said, you know, I know I'm going to be impressed. So we get in there, and my first words, oh, my gosh, this far exceeds my expectations. Wow. It was. It is just it's magnificent. And, and the number one reason to me is it's built truly and purely to be a fine, fine basketball arena. Mm-hmm. It's built for that. The fans are close. And you and I talked last night. I've never seen a better lighted court. Mm-hmm. A lot of people probably don't think about that. But I thought it was interesting last night. When uh, Owens for uh, TCU, after having played in the Farrell Center for two years, one of her comments was, Jaden Owens said, golly, the lighting in here was so fantastic <laughs> compared to Farrell. And I always thought Farrell was pretty good right. after coaching in the heart of Texas. <laughs> <laughs> You've so, got that perspective. Last night was really bright to me. Uh, yeah. Isn't it funny, yeah. though? I, I don't know about you, but for me, I kept talking to people who would bring up the HOT, you know, not not just the Farrell Center, but brought up, you know, remembering where we were. Well, when you were coaching, in the HOT. Yeah, I know. One of my former players, I won't say necessarily who it was, came up to me that opening night out in the foyer and he said, hmm, this doesn't even have flies like we had at the Coliseum. <laughs> yeah, but, big oh, step what forward. A great, great facility for Baylor and Waco now to, to take a lot of pride in. I, I just tell you, I, I could not find one single flaw in that whole arena. It's just fantastic. All the lighting the sound beautiful court i like some of the little extras that are on the court like that 1845 which is baylor the oldest university in the state of texas i mean there's just a lot of little extras that are meaningful to me maybe not to everybody but i just think everything about it was Perfect. Yeah, I think first class, really good. Fans, uh, you know, came and wanted to see it, wanted to be a part of it. And they were more than just a part of it. I mean, the fans did their part, and you could tell, couldn't you? Both both nights, oh, no how the doubt. fans I impacted. That, 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 in that third period, there's no doubt when the crowd just went nuts, it was a big contributing factor for Baylor's success. But, John, I think back the interview you and I did at halftime with Mark Campbell, the TCU coach, last night, and the first thing he said was, what a great women's college basketball atmosphere. Mm. This is just fantastic. Yeah, That's pretty, pretty cool. neat for a visiting coach to say that. Yeah, he brought – I mean, that wasn't the question, but he brought yeah, that up, so that was top of yeah, mind to him. You asked him about the first half of his <laughs> right. own defense, and that, his answer was, what about this fantastic crowd? So I thought that was pretty significant that's pretty cool have you uh jim haller is with us uh i didn't know anything about this really till post game but nikki in her post game made a couple of comments about something tcu had said apparently talking uh something that they used as motivation i didn't know anything about that did you have you seen anything more on that 
No, sir. I, in fact, you're telling me something I did not know anything okay. about. No, I, uh, I didn't either. So I was at shoot-around yesterday for the Baylor women's team, and I didn't hear any chatter about anything like that. But regardless, whatever it was, if it was, it inspired the Baylor players <laughs> in the last, right. what, 15 minutes of that game. I don't think it inspired them to start it because it was a super rough first half. All right. Let's talk about the men. Uh, great Opening win in Foster Pavilion on Tuesday over Cornell. Uh, just a great night all the way around. And the, and for the men, it was coming off another 11-day break, which the last time that happened, you know, things didn't turn out so well, the loss to Michigan State. But Baylor played well and really did what they should have done and wanted to do against Cornell in that game. Well, I think first, Cornell was a better team than I anticipated. I always know those Ivy League schools are – tough to compete against because they move so well without the basketball, make great cuts to the bucket, and are generally really good shooters. But the Baylor team really was very, very effective from the opening tip. And, John, every time I see Misi play, I just say, oh, my goodness, how good can this kid become? Because he's phenomenal now, and with his size and quickness and uh, leaping ability he can really be something special and he was the other night and pretty good depth at that post position you know you think about Misi starting and uh, Josh O'Johnwuna coming off the bench and oh yeah there's Jonathan Chum with Chachua that can play that post also well exactly right and that we've said all season long the depth for both the men and the women are going to be big big pluses for the team and that's certainly the case for the men and I don't think there's any college in America that has two better freshmen than Jacoby Walter and, and Misi out there starting. And uh, that's just something that just indicates that that team's going to keep getting better and better and better all throughout the year. And I think the, the games against Michigan State and Duke right before Christmas are going to pay big dividends because they learned some areas they've got to get a lot better in. And uh, I just think the, the future is, is very bright for this men's team. And, of course, we'll see when they go on their first Big 12 road trip Saturday up to Stillwater. Yeah. What have you uh, noticed, Jim, around the league as a whole with Big 12 play beginning this Saturday for the men, the women already two games into it? Uh, what's kind of caught your eye for both the men's and the women's Big 12 teams? Well, certainly we all know that the Big 12 has been ranked number one basketball league in the nation six out of the last eight years. and Nothing about that rating has changed this year with six teams in the top 25. You've got Kansas sitting at number two, University of Houston at three, Oklahoma's playing great. I mean, you can go right down the list. Texas is good. Baylor's good. Uh, so... The thing that's caught my attention is there's six really great teams, but I've watched them all on TV, and it does not look like there's one of those traditional cinch Ws anywhere up and down the list of Big 12 opponents this year. I think it's going to be a great race. Yeah, absolutely. And and on the women's side in the Big 12, uh, you know, really good top to bottom there also, isn't it? Yeah, five out of the top 25 on the women's side are, are, are from the Big 12. And certainly Baylor now, having moved up to number six this past week after the win against number five, Texas, moved Baylor to sixth. And I th- as I said, five teams from the league in the top 25. And I can just tell you this right now, I think the sleeper of that group 
is probably uh, Kansas State. Jeff Mitty, their coach, is a longtime veteran, was the longtime head coach at TCU, has now been at Kansas State. I believe this is his ninth year. And he's got Aoka Lee, that 6'6 center, who scored 52 against Oklahoma two years ago. She's back and healthy. They've got great guard play. I've always thought Gabby Gregory was one of the best women's players in the conference. They're loaded. I would say, to me, that's the sleeper in the league. And, of course, Texas, everybody's saying with Rory Harmon out, they are not as good. Well, all they did was go to Lubbock last night and win 72-47 to against the Texas Tech team. It's 10-2. and So I think they showed they're still pretty darn good. So yeah. it'll be a fun race. I'm excited about both men's and women's in the Big 12. Man, there's going to be some great games, uh, great matchups, both sides, men's and women's, and uh, a lot of those will come right through Waco. So it'll be a lot of fun. Jim, thanks for your time today. Really appreciate it. Always good to be with you and Aaron. Y'all take care, and uh, Happy New Year again. Bye-bye. Appreciate it. Uh, we need to tell everybody what Jim said when you called him and got him on the line, okay? <laughs> Jim, are you still there? He's gone. I'm oh, wait, here. he's still here. Say, All right, say it again. I said, Aaron, me, you're still the MVP, especially for Matt Mosley and also for J-Mo. So, Aaron, kudos to you, man. There you go. Keep up the good work. I appreciate it. And you know me, I'm much too humble All to bring right. it up. Among. Yeah, you're, you're like too humble. assistant coaches. Aaron's like one of those assistant coaches that never gets enough credit. So be proud of yourself, man. Keep hey. on keeping on. Thanks, Coach. And I love that analogy. I'm going to use that. That's very good. And I don't disagree. He's the MVP. I completely agree with that. Thanks, Jim. We'll see you soon. Jim Haller with us, uh, former Baylor coach, now a longtime color analyst on television, does a ton of games for us, for Baylor. Big 12 now on ESPN+, Plus. does other, other games around the state and around the country. And uh, as you can tell, listening to him, he is completely plugged in to college basketball. So great to get his thoughts. And he's got the perspective, talking about Foster Pavilion, <laughs> of not just uh, doing games and watching games in the Farrell Center, but going back to the HOT Coliseum when Jim was coaching at Baylor. Yes, a place not very conducive to <laughs> basketball. I'll just put it I'll just leave it at fair. that. That's fair. I mean, I enjoyed watching games there, yeah. you know, but now that that was way back before the wave of new arenas, and yeah. now that you look back, it's not quite as nostalgic. It was yeah. a pretty bad place to watch basketball. Oh, man. Now it's kind of the uh, – I guess the comparison point of where we are now right. compared to where we were then. And and a lot of people, you know, that they've completely redone, you know, it's the extra co center now. Yeah. It's it's gorgeous. It's state of the art. And a lot of people are too young to remember the old Heart of Texas Coliseum. That's it true. Was, you know, not near as nice, I'll put it that way. <laughs> Who did I see? Somebody, and I kept running into people that were making that comparison, going back to HOT. Somebody said, "Yeah, sitting on the uh, sitting on the concrete there," <laughs> because in in several portions of that building there weren't seats, there weren't chair back seats, there weren't even benches. It was just concrete that you'd sit on to watch the game. Yeah, one of one of my most vivid memories of Baylor basketball is uh, going to watch. Uh, it was the year that they made the tournament with my uh michael williams, michael williams uh-huh. and daryl middleton uh-huh. and uh went to see them play arkansas and got there early and the oh, women yeah. were playing you know and they <laughs> yeah. got there really early the women were still playing and there's 20 people in the stands of course it filled up a lot more once the yeah. game started yeah but 
Yeah, I've I watched a, a few games in the Hard Tickets Coliseum. That's true. That's the way it used to be in the Southwest Conference. You'd play a women's game as kind of a uh, you know kind of a warm up to the men's game, and boy, you don't do that anymore. You you don't you don't if you have double headers, they're split double headers, right. just schedule wise, but it's never one as a lead in to another. Yeah, it's amazing the the huge strides that it, that thankfully have been made in women's basketball since then. Mm. I mean, you just hey. You see ESPN extending their rights deal with the NCAA hmm. and giving a lot more money, and that a lot more money that they're giving is almost entirely because of the growth of women's basketball. How about that? It's just them catching up with how much it's worth. So, uh, yeah, it's been it's been an incredible growth for the sport. Yeah, it's a great product. All right, great to visit with Jim. Appreciate him. Glad he recognizes the talent of Aaron <laughs> Sexton here in the studio. And let's take a break. We'll be back with more in just a moment. Look ahead, wrap things up. Plenty more to come. We invite you to stay with us. John Morris Show brought to you in part by Kaleo Wealth Management. Building a relationship with each client is the staff at Kaleo Wealth Management.